0: the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. My name is Monica, and today I'm talking with running coach and podcaster, Denny Cray from DizRuns.com. He has a new book out called Be Ready on Race Day. And we are covering so many different topics from tips for injury prone runners to his thoughts on walking breaks. I actually got that question from a couple of followers recently, and I thought I would throw it at him to chime in on too, um, to how he does virtual coaching and so much more. In case you're new here, my name is Monica, and I started RunItRepeat.com to document training for my first marathon and trying to lose about 20 pounds. I crossed both those things off the list and wanted to keep going. So I kept up with Running Repeat and it has grown a huge audience online and on social media. And now we're hanging out and I'm doing this podcast talking about running and eating. And I love it. I hope you enjoy it too. Before we get to talking with Denny, let's warm up. Thank you so much to everyone who chimed in on last week's poll, Mary F. Kill. I mean, The poll asking on if I should put in personal stuff with the normal episodes. It looks like mixing it all together is what most people like. If you don't like that, let me know. Again, the squeak you will. Squeak, squeak. This week's poll for you guys is Should I put the audio from my IGTV videos into a podcast? And I would do that one for sure separately because. I know that most of you are following along on Instagram and looking at those videos, but they get a little long. (laughs) Um, Recently, I had to kind of cut one up and I made it in three different parts from, it was just kind of one day of questions that I got so many questions it ended up being about 15 minutes long. And I personally, if I'm going to watch something for 15 minutes I am also going to be doing something on my phone at the same time and you can't be on your phone when you're watching those videos so I was thinking of just using the audio as a podcast so you can listen to it let me know your thoughts on that I will post that on Instagram today and you can chime in thanks oh next with the warm-up Let's have a little snack time because I finally made the churro waffles, used a super simple hack, um, and yeah, they came out amazing. Only though, wait, little disclaimer, if they are fresh, you have to have them immediately. I made a huge batch um, one of the times because I was testing different biscuits. I ended up using refrigerated biscuit dough, just dipping it in cinnamon sugar, um, butter. It's wildly easy. I will put a link in the show notes. Um but <laughs> as I'm making all these waffles, I have leftovers. Even I have leftovers so that you know I was making a lot cuz I can put some waffles away. Um and they are not good later. They are only good fresh. They get dense. They're not just like you know, you want to make sure you heat them in the toaster oven versus the microwave? No. I would say fresh only. Fresh to death, you know? And in other old news, that doesn't sound very fun, right? Like old news. It's old news. But <laughs> last week when I was going through all of these different podcasts that I had listened to and kind of how I had found different podcasts, um, a lot of people said that they listened to different ones, what they thought, they checked them out. I loved it. So I just want to let you know the randomness I am listening to this week. I'm listening to a book on Audible called Why Won't You Apologize? Healing Everyday Betrayals and Everyday Hurts. It was randomly suggested to me. I've listened to some, they're not really, I've listened to her books. I think her name is Esther Perel. She has a book called Where Should We Begin? And I think Maiden in Captivity. No, the Where Should We Begin? This is where I got off track right now. The Where Should We Begin is um, Sessions. She's a therapist. She's a relationship expert. And they are recorded sessions of couples therapy and i think i i think that this book why won't you apologize was suggested to me because of that i don't know but i listened to a little clip of it and i was like yeah i'd like to check this out i don't think this is like a big thing for me i wasn't really seeking out this topic in my life it's not a thing however i am loving it because i am a flawed human being and this is not shocking to anyone right also is it shocking to you that I kind of say bean, like pinto bean, garbanzo bean, uh instead of bean? Maybe that's because I'm Mexican and I am a human bean. As in a little Mexican pinto bean. I don't know. The point is, I'm just a person and I make mistakes. And I am very quick to um speak up for myself, I think, and I don't know then if, in a situation where someone is confronting me and I should apologize, I do it the right way, so it's kind of interesting there's this one part where she talks about how to apologize, and it is really just apologizing uh oftentimes we say, You know, I'm really sorry that I snapped at you, but I was having a bad day or, but you really offended me or, you know, and that's not how we're supposed to apologize. Um, so I just think it's good for all of my relationships and really interactions. Like I want to be a better apologizer. And so, yeah, this book, <laughs> maybe this was placed in my life because of that. I just randomly wanted to mention it though, because so many people like my other random suggestions. Um, so yeah, let me know if you've heard that book or if it's helpful at all. I will put a link to it in the show notes. I kind of want to keep talking about it actually, but I'm going to make myself move on because our chat with Denny is a little long and I don't know how much time you have. I don't know how many miles you're running next time. Send me your running schedule. So I know how much I can ramble about random books and podcasts. Okay. Okay. Now let's get to Denny Cray. He's a running coach, podcaster, and author of the book Be Ready on Race Day. You can find him at DizRuns.com, and I will put a link to that in the show notes, as well as a link to podcast episode number 566 of Diz Runs because I am on that show. I talked with him um a while back, a couple of months ago. And if you don't really know me, if you don't know me, um, It's kind of, I think I go into how I found running and kind of why I run. So I think it might be interesting if, I don't know, you don't know those things about me. So yeah, I'll put a link to that too. Again, that's the Diz Runs podcast episode number 566. And now let's talk to Denny. Hello, Denny. I am really excited to talk to you and kind of just want to start at the beginning. How did you get started with running? Because I think that I heard you were not always a fan of running.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that would be an understatement. I, uh, um, you know, I I mean, I played other sports growing up, and then, um, you know, running was always kind of that that punishment thing and something that, uh, you know, you had to do to get in shape for whatever the other sport was. And, And so it was never something I enjoyed. And then in college, I still didn't enjoy it. But it Help to, you know, keep the, the late night beer pizza fests from, from the weight creeping up. So I would, I kind of did it begrudgingly to stay in a little bit of, of decent shape. And, um, really, I kind of got hooked on it, I guess, when I was in grad school. I was working with, uh, um, the track and cross country team at Middle Tennessee State University and, uh, just being around runners every day and learning a little bit more about kind of some of the strategy and, um, you know, when you're sitting at, at the track for three or four hours a day watching practice and you kind of don't have anything else to do, you're like, well, I could go run a few, you know, for a few laps just to kind of kill a few minutes of time. And uh, little by little, it just became something that uh, went from being something that I really didn't like to at least being something that I could tolerate to at least kind of being something that I kind of looked forward to and to, you know, to now where it's like if I don't go for a run for a few days – Like my wife will kick me out of the house because, you know, I start getting antsy and and irritable and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's definitely been an acquired taste. But uh, now it's it's uh, boy, I I couldn't think about not running for more than a few days without getting getting a little
1: antsy right now. Mm -hmm. So how do you see running now? Like, would you use the term love it? Because I've heard the term hate. (laughs) <laughs> when you talked about it on your podcast, I think before that you used to hate it. So how do you kind of see it now?
0: Yeah, I, I mean i i, I definitely I, I definitely think I love it. I, I I would border to say that that maybe it's something that I that's almost become a need. Um, you know, I don't know that I need to race. I don't know that I need to run certain paces or things like that. I mean, I have I have goals and ambitions and things that I want to you know distances covered and paces and things like that, but Just just getting out for at least, you know, thirty, forty minutes most days of the week is kind of something that I feel like I almost almost need at this point. So it's it's I don't know, maybe gone gone across the line from from love to whatever the next the next phase would be uh, beyond that.
1: Codependence. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I dig it. I I feel the same way. (laughs) (laughs) And so when did you start podcasting and kind of writing about it? How did it transition from Um, just kind of a hobby to something that is your full-time job now
0: uh so the the podcast uh this podcast the the runs radio podcast or whatever it's officially i think that's officially what it's called but um it started on on july 1st of 2014 so we just just crossed over Ah, happy anniversary yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um, and I had been doing a, a different podcast before that um, that was kind of just a solo show, kind of health and fitness related. I started that in February of 2014, and, and thought I could keep both of them going, um, and quickly realized that was way too much. So I, I dropped the other one, the solo show, after about a month of doing both of them together. But uh, you know, it kind of came about the the running show in, with, with which, like you said, is now a full time business. Really came about from you know, I was, I was going to start the next big running blog. You know, that was, that was where I was going there. And, and that was, you know, a couple of years before the podcast, even I was, I was kind of at that point where I was, I was transitioning from, I like running a little bit to it's something that I really, really enjoy. And I was like, well, I'll, you know, this was, I don't know, maybe 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. I was like, I'll, 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 you know, make the next great running blog. And then quickly realized that like, i was writing once every couple three weeks and it was mostly just here was a track workout that i did and like who who wants to read that i don't want to read that kind of stuff i barely want to write that kind of stuff so certainly it's not going to be this this great running blog success story of of making millions of of just blogging uh about my my running workouts that weren't even impressive like i'm not i wasn't i wasn't fast then i'm not really fast now so i just kind of you know it kind of went by the wayside and and uh it was it was there and and Yeah, wasn't doing anything with it and then started to write a little bit more regularly as, as I really got, you know, head, head and shoulders and, and deep into, into running. And then, you know, I was doing the other podcasts and, and enjoyed it, but it was tough to always feel like I had to do my own scripting and, and being the whole, both sides of the conversation, if you will. And so I thought, well, shoot, like, I'll, I'll just do an interview show with some, some runners. I've got this website that I'm really not doing anything with you know it's 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 i'll just i'll just do something with it why, why not because it'll be easy to just talk to people and put it up it'll it'll take like no time at all which i realize that that it's it is still quite a time commitment to to line up interviews and edit and record and, and all that good stuff but uh it just started from from really just a, a desire of i really like to I, i'm not much of a actually i'm not an extrovert at all I'm, I'm very introverted i don't really care to uh engage in lots of conversations but there's just something about being around runners or talking to runners well this medium through the podcast through 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 Skype on the phone, it's just something that I enjoy doing. So you know I, I had the equipment already, kind of had the know how a little bit, and just decided to give it a shot and see what happens. So I, I pressed record, like I said, four years ago now, and and gosh, now we're 600 episodes later, and and uh, loving for the most part, loving every minute of it. It's still a little work here and there, but it's it's a whole lot of fun, and I'm so glad that I I took the plunge.
1: A little work here and there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you are definitely downplaying it because I know, I know it's a lot and it is definitely um, awesome and appreciated yeah. because it's super popular. I love the consistency. I love that there are so many different kinds of runners that you talk to. So I think it's really helpful for anyone that's like from a new runner to someone very experienced. And I like the vibe of feeling like you are, even if you're running by yourself, you're kind of running with people, you know, when you listen to a podcast. That's one of my favorite things. So I, I definitely think that it's awesome. I'm a fan.
0: Well, well, well thank you. And I get, maybe I should change the phrase a little bit. It's, it's definitely a lot of work, but it's one of those things that, you know, it doesn't feel like work most of the time. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to do, you know, it's, it's late at night and I've got to get my thing, my, you know, I got to get everything ready to, to go out tomorrow morning because I haven't done it yet. So that those times is when it feels a little bit like work. But most of the time, even though it is work, it is, uh, you know, one of those the the adage of if you, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. It's, it's I love what I do, and I only have to work a few days here and there because mm-hmm. most of the time it's a lot of fun.
1: Most of the time, yeah, it doesn't feel like work. I that's funny. It reminds me there was something I saw on Instagram. I want to say it was just like yesterday that it said um, like find a job that you love, and you'll never not work. Like basically because it is mm-hmm. sometimes like you are constantly then it you love it and you would do it anyway, but then also sometimes you have to. I was like, yeah, it kind of depends on what your project you're working on, on any given time.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> and I, I definitely get, uh, get in trouble with that sometimes of, of, you know, because, and because what I do is online for the most, but I can do most of it from my phone. So it's like, you know, family time or things like that. And it's like, oh, let me just check this and check that. And pretty soon it's, you know, I'm getting, uh, get, getting the words, getting the business from from my wife and from my daughter now too, who's who's just turned four. And she's like, Dad, put your phone away.
1: Like, supposed
0: <laughs> to be doing whatever. So I like, "All right, yeah, I gotta, I gotta." Sometimes have to force myself to detach from from doing it because I enjoy it so much.
1: <laughs> Dad, work life balance. Hello.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, she's starting. She's starting early on that. That's, that's going to be a, a tough one going forward.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so cute though. And so, since you mentioned, because I think I've heard about this too. Has your wife ever been on your podcast?
0: She hasn't. She hasn't. That's that's one of those interviews that probably I. Should do, but it would be, I don't, I don't, I almost don't know if that would be more awkward than, than not because, you know, just because I, I know her so well and, and, uh, you know, to try to, to have a, a cognizant running related conversation because she was, she was the runner when we first got, got, were dating and, and got married. She was the one that would, that would run all the time. She was the, uh, the annoying running partner that would run out in front of you and then run back to you and, and run backwards and, and be like, come on, let's go, slow poke, things like that. But now she's kind of, you know, she, she runs. Semi regularly, she's she's more of the runner that's like when she signs up for a race, then she gets pretty serious about training again, and then takes a little bit of time off. And uh, you know, when she's not doesn't have a race on the calendar, then gets frustrated because she lost all this fitness that she worked so hard for. Um, so I would I would have to be very I would have to be walking on eggshells to have a good interview with her because I would I would start poking and prodding and and get myself in trouble. Um, (laughs) if if uh if I if I got a little too uh pointed with my Loving criticisms of, well, maybe if you just kept training and stayed consistent. So hopefully she won't listen to this because then she'll, she'll really know (laughs) that, uh, I'll, I'll be in, I'll be in trouble even without having her on the show.
1: Well, I think also it might be fun for her to interview you because I feel like that would be a fun little twist on it. That
0: could be that could, that could be a, a milestone episode, although we just crossed 600. So I might have to wait I for uh, say, for that, 700 or something like that. That's but, what uh, I was
1: going to say. I was like, after 600 episodes, if you have not interviewed her yet, I don't know if. Yeah,
0: I keep saving her as, as the uh, the the trump card when, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation where I just I, I couldn't get anybody for anything. and It's like mm-hmm. I need to have an episode tomorrow. And it's just like, hey. Let's do, let's do this. Here's the mm-hmm. microphone, start talking.. <laughs> let's um, do and thankfully, thankfully, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but uh, we've been, been close a couple times. I get, get bailed out with uh, somebody coming through for an interview at the last minute.
1: Uh-huh. Well, hopefully it will happen. Maybe someone needs to bail because that would be super fun.
0: Yeah I, 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 maybe I should just make it happen instead of waiting for the, uh, the, the time when I don't have any other choice.:
1: Right? Well, do you coach her or does she kind of figure that out herself?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, definitely, uh, definitely coach her, especially when she, like I said, when she gets more serious about it because she's got a race coming up and, and it, it does make it a little bit of an awkward dynamic in that, you know, it's, 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 it's a coach client relationship, but it's also a husband and wife relationship. So it's, a, it's a little bit, there's a, just a, it's a, it's just a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's more of, I kind of put, put the workouts for her and, 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 you know, tell her what to do. Um, but I don't, I don't, Crack the whip too much on her. It's just, you know, she does it. She does it. She, she, and she's also one of those types of people, which, which I kind of am too, where, you know, she'll crack the whip harder on herself than anybody else ever could. So, um, I don't, I don't have to say too much. She either, she either does it or she doesn't, and then we, we move on. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a different relation. I mean, as you would expect, a different relationship with her than it is with anybody else that I, that I work with on a, on a client coaching type of
1: relationship. Oh, for sure. And so speaking to that, when someone comes to you for coaching, how does that work? If you are doing it virtually for the most part, is that right, or do you coach people in person?
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm all all virtual, um, which has its its pros and cons, of course. You know, just like anything, there's there's some benefits and some uh, things that uh, aren't as convenient. But for me, it's, it all just takes place online via via the Google Cloud or whatever it is, Google Drive, I guess, with with you know a, a calendar app and a um, uh, some, some notes going back and forth and we just, you know, try with, with, the, with a new athlete. I just am all about kind of getting on the same page and keeping the, the, uh, um, communication open and, and really figuring out what each person's goals are, what they're, what they're working towards, where they are right now, which, uh, is, is maybe to me the most important thing of, of not trying to start out too far advanced for somebody who's, who's not, you know, who's new to running or who has, kind of falling off the wagon for a while and, and, their fitness is, is, uh, you know, not maybe as, as high up as it used to be. So you kind of have to rebuild that. So, you know, just really figure out where they are and what they're, what they're working towards. Um, and then, like I said, I mean, it all goes, it's all on the, on the, uh, on the cloud, as it were. And, and we both have access to the, to the notes and to the sheets. And so they're filling in things after their runs or questions that they have. And then I check in a, a few times a week and, uh, answer those questions and encourage and, and make sure things are going well. And when they're not, you know, try to put the uh, the the hat on to try to fix some things and and figure out what uh, what might be going on and, and asking the right questions to get uh, get some answers that help me to determine whether it's an injury, whether it's fatigue, whether it's it's it was just a bad day, whatever it was, uh, and keep them keep them moving towards their goals. But uh, I you know online, like I said, it, it's 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 awesome because it's it's uh, you know I have the the flexibility to kind of work my own schedule and and work things out with my clients. And 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 not have to re- rely on them to be somewhere at a certain time, and and me have to be there at a certain time. So there's a lot of flexibility there. But there are some things that, that get lost in the in translation a little bit. Miscommunications are a lot easier to happen online as opposed to to in person with somebody. And and of course, you know, maybe for running, one of the big things is that I'm not able to see form and and maybe see some of those types of things, whether it's from a form and, and correcting form or just being able to, to to see the person in in movement and and in motion. That, you know, there might be a red flag that pops out or something like that that would be a bit easier to diagnose in, in person. So I, I enjoy doing it online. Um, I enjoy having the, the flexibility and the freedom. But uh, like I said, there's, there's pros and cons to everything.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. And is there one kind of common goal that people, when they come to you or want coaching, that they are after? Is it a certain distance, a certain time barrier? Um, is there anything that kind of seems to be consistent with
0: that? Um, for the most part, I think it usually has to do with, with something about getting faster, whether it's a certain time in, you know, whether it's like a, a BQ type of thing or breaking a, you know, the four hour mark in the marathon or the five hour mark or something like that, some, some big barrier or some big kind of plateau that they're trying to to get off of. And if, probably tried it on their own a few times and, and maybe, you know, had varying levels of success or kind of have, have seen that the success kind of stall out a little bit and they're looking for, for some help to, to get over that. And then the other thing that, that I think for me, at least is, is more common is folks that have had some injury issues in the past because my, my background is in sports medicine. I've, I've been a certified athletic trainer since uh, 2004. Um, so that's, that's really the, the area that I feel the most is my, my strongest area of expertise is with, with helping to diagnose and, and treat uh, some of those common running injuries like plantar fasciitis and IT band issues and and uh, shin splints things like that it's it's you know something I've done uh, with all kinds of athletes and and you know going back to my time at Middle Tennessee I worked with the track and cross country team so lots of runners obviously and running injuries but you know football baseball basketball volleyball softball the whole nine I've, I've worked with uh, a bunch of those types of athletes so kind of the 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 injury prone athlete is is probably my my strongest area of somebody to work with, because it's just, it's, it's where I've got so much more experience, both, you know, with, with taking care of myself a little bit and with taking care of the athletes that I've worked with over the years. Mm
1: -hmm. So what do you recommend for someone that is injury prone, or I guess any runner, right? It's really Mm -hmm. important to try and prevent injuries before they happen. Is there a certain kind of like protocol balance number of rest days that you encourage people to do?
0: those types of questions are, are tough to answer because there's you know you, you start to run down into the, the one size fits all area of advice which which I'm I'm very uh not very much into uh you know I certainly like to think that everybody is is different and, and every situation is is unique but uh you know kind of general rules I think that most runners and, and I was guilty of this for the longest time are can can very easily be guilty of of running too fast on their easy days and not and not re- realizing or recognizing that by running a minute, two minutes per, per mile slower than what your, your race pace goal is, actually will help you to run faster and, and reach your goals on race day, because it, it just builds your builds your cardiovascular engine, it builds your endurance, um, you're still working the same fibers, the same muscles that you're going to be using on, on race day to run faster, but you're doing it without all the extra wear and tear, so you're, you're less likely to break down, you're less likely to need several days off, or, or several real light days because of fatigue or because of you know that soreness that you get after a good hard speed workout and and a good hard speed workout is is beneficial once in a while but if you if you follow that up with you know a run that's that is kind of not really fast but not really easy or not really hard I guess and not really easy as well you're 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 not allowing your body to have the best situation possible to recover after that hard speed workout and help you get stronger and faster so you know a, a lot of runners i Probably most, but I I, I hate to try to, to paint with too broad of a brush. But a lot of, of runners and, and tend to, to run too hard too often because logically, if you're not pushing yourself, you're not getting faster. And and like I said, I was guilty of that same logic for a long time and, and then kind of have, have looked at some of the science and looked at some of the research and, and kind of come around on that on the idea and, and I believe the fact that if if we would slow down more often and run really, really hard once in a while, that's really the best recipe to not only get faster. Because you can get faster running fast a lot, but to to, to be healthy and to not be injured you know on a, on a fairly regular basis because there's too many folks that you know the, the annual injury is just part of the routine and, and it really shouldn't be and if you can avoid that for several years in a row, you'll actually make more progress than the starts and stops because you you're making so much progress and then something flares up so you got to dial way back and then you make progress again and, and it's a two step forward two step back versus if you can just stay stay consistent with your training, stay steady with those easy runs you know one step forward one step forward one step forward gets you gets you where you want to be a lot faster than two forward and two back tends to do
1: yes i love that i love that and it is so about the big picture and like you were saying that sometimes people just have like this annual injury and it's like imagine if you if that wasn't the thing you know Mm -hmm. and that and that didn't happen but you have to think about it in this big picture one year, five years, where do you want to be with your fitness and your running, not just this training cycle right here, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and it's and I mean it's tough. I mean, we live in a in a you know instant gratification culture. I mean, and and again, I'm guilty of this as anybody. I, I don't want it to ever sound like I'm um, holier than thou on this. I mean, you know, like I ordered something from Amazon a few days ago and I'm too cheap to pay for prime and I was like like starting to get frustrated that it was taken, you know. Five days to get here, even though it tells you free shipping for and it will arrive in five to eight days. And I was like, come on, like, 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 you know, I, I want I want the results now. And 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 it, we just need to to take a step back. And like you said, keep the big picture in mind. And, and maybe Boston is the goal or maybe running your first marathon is the goal, or your first half or your first 10K, five, whatever it is is the goal and if it doesn't happen in six weeks it doesn't mean that it ceases to be the goal anymore you know you, you just you just keep keep working at it and, and eventually you, you continue to make that progress and if you can do it steady over time you know we all know the tortoise the tortoise and the hare fable mm-hmm. um and the reason is that that the tortoise keeps making steady progress and so it might take you two or three years to reach your goal but if you can do so without with with being able to avoid the injury and avoid the burnout and and avoid some of those those pitfalls that that so many runners fall fall victim to and and it sad, you know, kind of makes me sad that they think that it's normal. It's it's not if, if you train a little bit more intelligently and, and keep that big picture in mind. So, yeah, that's that's just something that and, – and again, I've learned that lesson the hard way. Uh, I've learned that lesson by, by pushing too hard and, and having to deal with little nagging injuries and, and forced time off and burnout and things like that. And, uh, you know, is the more I've, I've slowed down and, and kept my easy runs truly easy, you know, I'm, I'm seeing steady progress. And I, I, I look forward to every run. And, and it's just – you know, it's, it's different, but in my experience, it's been, it's been better. So it's, it's something that, uh, I think a lot of folks, maybe not every, again, maybe not everybody, cause I don't like to paint with too broad of a brush, but a lot of times I think that that's, that that would be something that a lot of folks would benefit from.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anything you recommend? And again, yeah, I know you don't want to kind of make these blanket mm-hmm. statements, but are you a huge advocate for warm up, stretching, foam rolling? Like, is there anything specific that you were like this is the magic pill to help you, (laughs) whatever.
0: Oh am I am I an advocate for it or do and do I practice what I preach or sometimes two uh <laughs> yeah. two, two completely different uh answers there. Yes, I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge advocate of uh what I tend to call the little things. And uh for folks that listen to my podcast and and uh, kind of follow me around on various places, they they probably roll their eyes. They they get sick of me talking about it um because it's it's one of those kind of oxymoron statements where it's these, these, these little things that are far from little. They're very important. Um, and it's exactly what you talked about. It's doing some of the the, the ups It's it's stretching. It's it's foam rolling. Um, it's it's massage work. Whether it's it's with the massage with the, with a massage stick, with a massage ball, whether it's the foam roller, whether it's going to to get a massage, w- whatever it is, it's it's working on on helping with the recovery processes. Getting enough sleep. It's getting quality sleep. It's it's eating well. You know, all of these factors we we we, we like to. I think as 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 human beings, we like to, to be able to put things each in their container. And if, if running is one of my goals, I'm going to focus on the running. And, and yes, that's important. And that needs to be a, a pretty big piece of your puzzle as far as your running goals are concerned. But if you're not taking care of the quote unquote little things, if you're not sleeping enough to, to make sure you're recovering, if, if you're not eating well, if you're fueling your body, if you're not strength training on a somewhat regular basis to make sure you're strong and your muscles are, are strong and you've got the endurance that you need to, to push hard in the later stages of your race you make it a lot harder for yourself to be successful so um i don't know that there's one magic bullet as far as what is the most important of the non-running things uh, i think that they all are very key components to the to the mixture key components to the, the solution and if if you know we each have maybe our preferences. Some people like yoga more than they like strength training or, or some people like to um, do more cross training than they like to do to do the, the foam rolling and things like that. But I think we kind of have to do a little bit of all of them, at least uh, in order to to, again, give our give ourselves the best chance to be healthy, to continue to see progress, to, to, to stay on track and and. Can you do it without doing all those things? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's always those stories of people that they do nothing but run and they're they're very successful. But I think that uh, those people tend to be much more of the exception than the rule. And so I'm um, a big fan of the little things. It's something that's that's kind of the next big project that I'm working on, uh, which is is, is going to take a little while. But kind of putting together a, a nice kind of as as good of a resource as possible on on kind of how to do and and best practices and things like that to make sure that you're, you're Checking as many boxes as possible beyond just the I got my miles in today uh, piece of the puzzle, which is where we tend to focus on a little bit more than maybe we should. And again, I'm guilty of this as much as anybody. So uh, maybe that's, that's, speaking from experience of, of knowing that this is something that uh, I think a lot of people would uh, would benefit from doing more, maybe a little bit less running as much as hard as that is for me to say. Do a little bit less running and a little bit more of those little things. And it's probably going to at worst come out even in the end. But you're probably going to be farther ahead if you do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I am the same way do as I say not as I do. Mm -hmm. I talk about stretching constantly. I don't stretch (laughs) constantly. But you know, it's like I know that it's really important. And I guess it's remembering what your goal is, right? Like if you are genuinely just a casual runner, and you're not going to run any races, it's just your form of exercise or therapy or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. And that's fine. You run a couple miles however often but if you are training for a race and you are asking athletic things of your body you should treat your body like an athlete you know and even high school athletes do cross training and focus on fuel and recovery and all of these things that it's like if you are taxing your body like pay it back and i think that's so important
0: yeah 100 percent. and and you know the the when you said that the high school athletes doing that, it, it triggered in my mind. They're, they're reminded that um, you know they sh- they should be doing that, but they don't always. But but uh, you know, as we get older, sometimes our needs for doing those little things change because we don't recover as quickly as as we used to, or you know, our, our job has changed so we're sitting more or we're standing more, or you know, there's other external factors in in our in our life beyond just the running that also need to be addressed to you know to make our whole selves. Healthier, which is also going to help our running. So, so yes, hundred percent that uh, it's something that we need to keep in mind and, and uh, you know take take care of your take care of your body because it's the only one you're going to get.
1: Mm-hmm. Love it. Now, do you have any tips for someone? I think one of the comments that I get a lot, or one of the questions, is someone has run a certain distance and wants to run the next distance, and they want to know, am I ready. Can I run? I ran a half marathon in May. Can I run a full marathon in October? That type of thing. And I know that in your book, Be Ready on Race Day, that's one of the things that you kind of mentioned is when you're thinking about stepping up to a new distance, um, how can you kind of approach that? Um, Is there a certain, you know, list that someone can check to know that they're ready to get to the next distance, whatever that is? Um,
0: yeah, I, I, yeah. Again, I don't know that there's a, necessarily a list, but I think that, that it really requires a little bit of, of introspection. Um, I think that one of the first questions that, that you should ask, especially if you're like, in your in your situation, like you just mentioned there, Monica, of, of um, I think I'm ready to move up to the next the next distance. Well, do you want to or or do you feel like you have to? Because I, I think that sometimes and, and maybe it's maybe it's social media, maybe it's it's various running circles um but and and, you know maybe i'm a big fan of social media i'm a big fan of of the running community but i think sometimes there can be that little external pressure of i'm seeing all these other people running marathons and and all i've ever you know quote unquote all i've only ever done is a half marathon so maybe i'm not quite to the same caliber so i i maybe i should should try to run a marathon so i think that you know to get back to your question i think the first thing that, that we all need to ask is is why do we want to do that and if you if you want to move up if you legitimately want to then then, you know, then you can move on. But if, if you're not sure if you're, if you're doing it just to maybe keep up with the Joneses or because you think you need to, I think that's when you're, you're setting yourself up more for for really struggling um, with the increased demands, with the increased time commitment that is required to to train for some of the longer distances. So, um, you know, I think that that's the, the first place to start. And then it, assuming that, that you're answering that question in the affirmative. And, and yes, I really do want to do this for whatever reason. Push myself. See if I enjoy it. Whatever whatever your reason is. Um, then it just comes down to looking at your schedule and, you know, during, during the week, uh, for whatever, you know, two or three or four runs that you tend to do, um, Monday through Friday, I, you know, I don't think that in most cases, as long as you're getting, you know, have, have an opportunity to run for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour a few times a week, that that for, for a lot of folks, unless you're really trying to be super elite and, and, or maybe not elite is not the right word, but really pushing yourself to your absolute limits. Um, you know, you can get away with that. But do you have time on on your long runs to push those longer? Because, you know, it, 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 one of the, the things that comes up on, on my show a lot is a lot of people like the half marathon because it fits into life easier. Because, you know, your longest training runs tend to be two hours or less. So on those those Saturday or Sunday morning long runs, it's, it's not a big chunk of the day versus if you're training for your first marathon. And now you're looking at running 16, 18, 20 miles, maybe even longer than that. It's just it's just a lot more time. And and it's not just one week that you're doing that. You're building up over the course of, you know, eight, 12 weeks to get to that point beyond what you've been doing in in half marathon training for that that example. You know, do you have the time to do that? And and, you know, to go back to our little things conversation just a second ago with increased mileage also comes increased need for recovery Mm -hmm. and from rolling and taking care of your body and things like that. So it's 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 again, it's it's looking a little bit broader than just. Oh yeah, I've got, I've got the, the actual hours to dedicate to training. Um, and looking at, you know, how is this going to impact your life? Do you have small kids? Do you have kids that are in, in youth sports? And so every weekend you're, you're chasing around to different soccer practices and soccer matches and, and travel baseball tournaments and basketball and, and all of those things that are going to make it really hard for you to get that, that, that training volume in. Um, and, or are you willing to get up super early or stay up late to do what you need to do? So, uh, you know, I, I think that, that just taking, you know, remembering or, or making sure, I guess, that you want to do it is, is step one of moving up to the next distance, whatever that might be. And then step two, recognizing that it is going to take a bit more time, especially for the long run. So, you know, you got to make sure that you've got plenty of time available because if you don't, if you can't be consistent with that training, that race day experience is not going to be what you hoped it would be. And and you're going to paint yourself probably a bad picture of what that distance is like. And it's probably going to be because you weren't as well prepared as, as you could have been and, and maybe should have been.
1: Yeah. I, I totally agree. Don't do anything that you don't want to do. Do your own thing. Like I would mm-hmm. never, I would never do something that I don't want to do. I am the least disciplined person. I just happen to like <laughs> this. I just happen to like this. I think that is also something. People want to know, like, how do you stay motivated? How do you keep running? I'm like, I just like it because if I didn't, Mm -hmm. I would legit not do it.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think, too, you know, sometimes we get so caught up on what are what are the other what are my other friends going to think? What are my followers on Instagram going to think? And uh, I think they probably don't care. You know, I I think about (laughs) I I think about some of the people that I that I run with that, uh, you know, a few years ago a whole bunch of us decided that you know of the the weekly long run group and we ran a couple of, of midweek workouts together as well and we were all gonna do this this uh, new marathon that it would has cropped up just uh, you know 30 miles from from our town or whatever you know we we're gonna support it it was local it was not very expensive so we're all going to do this marathon and one of the guys was like, nope, I'm just doing the half like you guys are crazy. I have no desire to do a marathon and like nobody cared, like he still trained with us until, you know, we got to the longer runs and he he would stop at 11 or 12 miles and we would keep going for another three or four or five or six or whatever was on this, the schedule that day. But nobody like looked down on him or nobody was like, oh, we, we can't let Greg be part of our group anymore because he's not running the marathon. So, you know, all those things that you think of like, oh, they're, they're not going to think I'm a real runner probably are not the case. So, you know, if you want to do it, do it. And if you don't, nobody, nobody. Is probably going to care that much, so don't don't <laughs> worry about what other people are going to think.
1: Regarding your book, be ready on race day. Is that something that someone, let's say, you get a training plan online, right? You mm-hmm. get one of the big go-to ones. Could use something like that, and then look at your book and know how to tweak it so that it is a better plan for them. Is that the yeah. concept of it?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, the 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 book is is really just a how-to guide of, of pretty much exactly what I do uh, with working with my clients as far as is how I figure out what workouts to do and how I figure out what, uh, you know, recovery options and just I mean everything I do. And I've even had a, a few of my, my clients that have read the book and be like, wow, this really is exactly how you work with me. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of the idea. But but the idea for it, yeah, is, is you know, I fully recognize as as a running coach that uh, working with a coach is 100 percent a want and certainly not a need. You know, it's not something that, that everybody wants you know, so, so not even, even everybody wants a coach. And then on the flip, flip side of that coin, some people might want to coach, but not able to afford it because again, it's an, it's an added expense. And, and when budgets are tight, like it's, it's not something that, uh, that is, is a need by any stretch. But, uh, you know, so what the book is designed to do is, is to give you that opportunity to, to really make your own plan, whether it's making it from scratch or exactly what you said, Monica, of getting, getting one of those, those downloadable plans and using it as a structure, as a framework, as as a guide, but then tweaking it to really, fit your needs and fit your life and fit your schedule and fit your goals. Um, because even if you get a plan that's, you know, beginner A or intermediate B or whatever, whatever it is, you know, it, it, it doesn't take into account that you've got the PTO meeting every Tuesday, even though it tells you that you need to run every Tuesday. And like, well, what, like, how do I, you know, should I just adjust everything by a day? But then that, that screws up my long, like it just, it, it can lead to a whole long tangled web of like trying to Frankenstein this plan together versus if you, if you can just take that, that structured plan, and then, you know, whether it's on your own or whether it's, it's with the book, um, kind of know how to break it apart and put it back together to a way that, that actually works well for your schedule and sets you up for success. That's, that is exactly why I wrote the book is to try to bridge that gap between one size fits all and working with a coach. And, and, um, I like to think it, it does a pretty good job of that. I'm, I'm admittedly biased, but the, the feedback so far has been pretty positive. And, uh, we're starting to get to that point now with, with the book coming out, uh, in the spring of 2018 that, uh, some of the people that got it early, you know, are going to be running their races pretty soon that they've used the, the plan to put or use the book to help put their plans together. So, uh, hopefully we'll have some good, uh, updates from people in the not too distant future of, of a successful race. in and at least in part from, from using the plan to help them uh, prepare for it, or to, from using the book to help them prepare for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Boom. How can people get it?
0: So, uh, you mentioned the title is be ready on race day and it's be ready on race .com is, is the website and it's also on Amazon. So, you know, Kindle, uh, uh hard copy whichever whichever your option is paperback but you know actual physical copy of the book uh you can you can one click it on prime or you can you can download it um and like i said if you want more information about the book and kind of the the, some sample chapters and thing like things like that uh be ready on race day.com is the website
1: love it are you training for anything right now
0: uh i i actually am yeah I'm, i'm uh working towards uh Kind of the beginning stages, although I guess it's it's I need to get get up, get my button gear a little bit. I need to follow maybe my own book a little bit here. But I'm running the, the Chattanooga uh, Seven Bridges Marathon in uh, in October, and then I'm also doing and this a little bit longer term. Doing my my second ultra, uh, 50k in January of 2019. So those are those are the two things that are right now on on the on the works. And I may have another couple of marathons this fall if some speaking opportunities fall into into place. But uh, still kind of in negotiations with those things. But I'm I'm definitely going to be in Chattanooga in October, and uh, the Bear Bait ultras in in North Florida in uh, in January. So I've got uh, got some some miles I need to get going on here pretty soon.
1: Bear Bait.
0: Yeah, it's apparently in the, in the <laughs> middle of the woods. And I guess there must be some bears there or something. I don't know. But uh, uh, I figure as long as I'm um, not the slowest one or the fastest one, I should, you know, if I'm in the middle of the pack, hopefully I'll be uh, protected.
1: Ideally. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> it does, isn't there enough in Florida with the alligators and the snakes? There's also bears. Yeah,
0: I, I guess. I mean, it's 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 North Florida, so I'm not. Uh, it 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 feels a little bit more like Georgia sometimes up there. So I guess maybe that's that's why the bears hang out there. But uh, <laughs> but whatever, you know. It, it, from everybody I've I've talked to, they said it's a, it's a pretty fun race. Um, that, that have done it before, and, and uh, meeting a few people there that have been guests on the podcast that uh, that are, are going to run it uh, might uh, turn it into a business expense too. So I'm going to go and record a couple episodes while we're there. Uh, so looking forward to having a, a fun weekend.
1: Yeah, you can interview the bears.
0: There you go. Exactly.
1: exactly.
0: I, did, I did running with the bears a few years ago out in out in uh, Northern California. So I mean, I guess I guess if it's a bear race, I'm I'm all in on it for See? some reason.
1: That's your thing. <laughs> Diz runs with bears.
0: It, with bears, exactly. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: What is your victory lap? Your favorite post race or long run meal?
0: Ooh. Um. I'm. It would be a toss-up between like a really good hamburger, um, which I'm not that big of a snob, so it doesn't have to be that fancy. Just preferably cooked on a grill as opposed to to in a, in a pan or something like that. But if if you if I really had to choose one thing, it would probably be just be be breakfast. All of the all of the eggs, all of the sausage, all of the bacon, uh, all of the coffee, um, <laughs> and and maybe maybe a little bit of of potatoes or something too. But uh, give me give me the eggs and the the, uh, the carnivore's delight breakfast, and uh, I'll be I'll be a pretty happy camper. <laughs>
1: love it carnivore's delight is that a real thing somewhere because i feel like it should be
0: i don't know but i agree that it should be and if (laughs) if there is i would be first in line that's for sure
1: i feel like there's got to be like a triple d where he got (laughs) some sort of (laughs) i love it um what are your thoughts on taking walking breaks while running
0: uh i'd be pretty hypocritical to talk poorly of it because i've i've been known to do it several times and just about uh, anything anything very long um I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. Uh, I think that especially if it's, if it's more strategic, um, I'm a big fan of if I'm going to hit a, hit a water station, uh, during a race, whether it's a half full, whatever, um, slow down, walk, pick up the cup so You're not splashing water or Gatorade all over yourself and take a couple sips and then start running again because I've just seen too many times where people try to drink on the run to save themselves three seconds. And then they start having a a choking fit because it goes down the wrong pipe while you're breathing and running and it's sloshing. Um, and then you end up costing yourself six or eight or ten seconds to to get over that. So if you just stop for five seconds to walk and take a sip, um, it's it it makes life a lot easier. You're not sticky all over from splashing, you know, whatever sports drink they have there, or, or at least to have it being all wet from from the water. Unless it's hot enough, then you maybe want to do that. But you know, I I, I don't see anything wrong with it, and I don't, you know, I, it's it's something that I've dabbled with, especially for the, when I ran my first ultra, I, I did a fairly regular run walk where about every five minutes or so i would just walk for 30 to 60 seconds um started well before i needed i mean i pretty much started from the very beginning and by the end like those walk breaks started to stretch out a little bit longer than maybe i would have wanted but i I, you know i don't know some people get kind of looking down in their nose i think at at people that run that that run walk and uh, i don't i don't see why it's it's one strategy one one way of doing it one method and uh if it works for you, great. And if not, if, if if you feel like you're better off to just keep on keeping on, then keep on keeping on. And let and you know, you, you do you and, and I'll do me and, and we'll, we'll see you at the finish line and, and uh, you know, have a drink together or something.
1: For sure, yeah. And I think it's, I like that you mentioned being strategic about it because I think, yeah, you can be smart about when you take those breaks, especially in a race situation. I've run hot races where I have walked through every aid station knowing mm-hmm. it is really hot today and I need to be hydrated and so it was just smarter long term to walk, get two cups of water, you know, drink then start running again. And that's what I needed to do. And it's like, if you're going to walk anyway, potentially at least do it in a place that can kind of help you run a little stronger that day.
0: Right. And and I've, I've known people and talked to people that have BQ'd with a, with a run walk strategy from the first mile. So, you know, the, the idea that you, you quote unquote, can't run fast with, with stopping to, to walk here and there, you know, it might be only 15 seconds every two miles or something like that. But they had their strategy, they stuck to it, and uh, you know, they made it to Boston, run and walking. So it, it clearly it, it works if that's something that you're comfortable doing and and prepare for and train for. So you know, you, you do you, and, and whatever works for you works 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 for you, and that's what it should be.
1: Totally. What are your go-to running shoes right now?
0: Oh man, I I am an, an ultra fanboy. Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm an ultra ambassador, so I guess I, I have to be a fanboy, but um. You know, of, of their their shoes, boy, the, the Escalantes are, are pretty much my favorites right now, They, they at least for the road. Um, I don't know that they would hold up too well on, on very much of a trail, but they're, they're not too thick. I don't like a real thick shoe. I like something that, that lets me feel the ground a little bit, but they, they are still spongy enough that you know, your feet feel good after 20, 22, 24, 26 miles, or at least as good as your feet can feel after 20 to 26 miles. They're light. They're comfortable. I mean, uh, I, could, I, could, I could gush <laughs> on them all day. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Ultra Escalantes are definitely my uh, my go to right now.
1: Uh huh. What's your favorite race you've ever run?
0: Um, my favorite race that I've that I've ever run is no long it's it's in existence by name only. Um, I I live about forty minutes, forty five minutes from Walt Disney World here in Central Florida and uh was a i was a huge 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 fan of the wine and dine half marathon when it was the night race uh the first six years i think uh the race started at 10 o'clock at night um you ran through you know the the parks at night they were they were lit up um uh it was late enough in the year that that there were christmas lights some christmas decorations that were up so it was that was fun and you got to finish it at epcot and uh, they opened the park up so you could go back in and food and wine was still going on so you could get you know drinks and eats and and ride some of the rides and it was it was it was awesome and then uh they made the choice to to switch it to a morning race so now it starts at the traditional disney run disney time at like 5:30 in the morning and it's just it, it was just something that was different it was unique it was a, it was a unique course um and I, I loved everything about the night race i ran the first six of them and as soon as i heard that they made the switch i uh i haven't run it since so maybe i'm, I'm being a little snobby there about not giving the new the new route a chance but um I, I just, I, I love what they had and they, they, you know, for whatever reason decided to make the change, which, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's their prerogative. It's their race. Uh, if, if they decided to run it again at night, I would probably get back in line to run it again. But, uh, that is definitely my, my favorite race. Just everything about it was so different than, than the usual start early and, and yada, yada, yada. It was a different strategy to figure out how to eat during the day, what to do during the day. It was, it was just, it was a fun challenge and, and it got cooler. That was the other big mm-hmm. thing. You know, you start a race at 10 o'clock at night. Um, it gets cooler as you keep running, so instead of having to worry about overheating later in the race, like it actually got more comfortable the longer the race went. So, uh, I loved it for a lot of reasons.
1: Yeah, I've run that race once before, and it was so much fun. It is very, very unique in terms of the race experience, and then the post race too, being at mm-hmm. Epcot and highlighting the food. I didn't realize that they switched the time actually.
0: Oh, yeah, I think I think this fall will be the third third year that it's. Uh, I, I would have to double check, but like I said, I mean, I ran. If, if you ran the night race, we shared the course at, at some point, not knowing it. But uh, yeah, it was. I, 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 I love. I mean, that was that was like the the one race that I was pretty much guaranteed to do every year. And as soon as they announced they were switching it up, I was just like, well, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> maybe, fun maybe, maybe life. somewhere down the line, yeah.
1: What about Rock and Roll Vegas? Have you done that?
0: I have not done that. Um, that would be an interesting one. Like, like I mean, I, when it, when I started running Wine and Dine, I was definitely not a morning person. I was, I was a you know, afternoon, evening worked better for me as far as just my, my life and not getting up in the morning and things like that. So I really loved that, that aspect of it. Now I'm much more of a get up and run at five in the morning, uh, type of person. So it's, it's, it's not quite as appealing to me, but I would, I would be up for the challenge and I, I would certainly, uh, um, do it again, whether it's, it's Vegas or whether it's, it's Disney. I mean, the, the wine and was just too convenient because like I said, it's 40 minute drive from my house to get to the parking lot. So it was, it was almost too convenient to not do, but, uh, you know, I would, I would certainly think about doing Vegas at night. That would be a, a fun one.
1: Yeah. And it's not, it's not that late, but if you're on Eastern time, it'll fill yeah, it would three be late hours 30, later to
0: you. I, I mean, these days I go to bed between <laughs> nine and nine 30 Eastern time. So yeah, if, if we were starting at, uh, you know, any anything in, in Vegas in the evening would be uh, considered late for me.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, do you have a dream race, anything that's kind of on your bucket list of races that you want to do?
0: Boston, uh, and, and, doing it the qualifying route, um, you know, it's, it's just, and, and maybe that's more of the, the, the allure is pushing myself to that level to where I can qualify. I still have a lot of work to do. I still need to get quite a bit faster and, and probably need to get, uh, five to 10 years older so I can get a a little bit more time cushion on, on that side of things. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up for running just about any race, but the only one that, that really is like, I really, really, really want to run this race at some point is, uh, is the Boston marathon. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite piece of running gear that you have to have when you run?
0: Um, I like to think that I don't, and that, and that I, I could say that you know, I just give me a, give me a pair of shoes and a pair of shorts and I'm good to go. But if I'm going to be honest, you know, I've, <laughs> I've developed some of these creature comforts as, as much as anybody has. You know, I, I love my Garmin. Uh, I love my heart rate monitor because uh, I do mostly heart rate training these days and uh i am i am a sucker for the uh the apple airpods for listening to podcasts or music or things like that so my 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 tech trifecta i guess are 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 the 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 airpods and uh my heart rate monitor my heart rate strap it, it's i i don't it's 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 a, not very often that you see me running without any of those three things so it's i, I guess i kind of have have uh, developed into somebody that needs a few more things than i actually need uh, mm-hmm. if, if you really look at the definition of it
1: well, it makes it more fun, especially when you're doing it all the time, right?
0: Yeah, and and if you, I mean, I mostly run by myself nowadays, so it's it's uh it's nice to go out without the headphones once in a while. But I mean, you know, and listening to podcasts and 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 things like that, it's like, uh, you know, almost feel like I have people running with me when I'm listening. like like you said that earlier, so it's it's nice to to have that company and and have a laugh and and make comments and things like that, even though nobody else can hear me. But it's it's five o'clock in the morning, so nobody else is out here. <laughs> um, and just enjoy, you know. What's going on in other people's worlds while I'm running?
1: I Love it. That's like the most smooth segue because my next question is, what are you listening to right now? Podcast? Do you ever listen to audiobooks? What's your favorite thing?
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I pretty much listen to everything. You know, on the podcast front, I, I, I probably subscribe to about forty different shows. Uh, so I, I listen to uh, all, you know, all all manner of things. But uh, I'm a really big fan. It's, it's every Monday is is uh. Uh, you know the, the, the episodes come out Sunday night, Monday morning. I listen to the Drunk Ex Pastors during my my Monday morning run. Um, just two guys talking about faith and politics, and and you know having a couple of, of drinks while they're doing so. And it's mm-hmm. it's not necessarily PG as you would probably expect from the the title, <laughs> but uh, it it's it's a it's kind of pushed me in my faith a little bit and and maybe question some things and look at some things from some different directions. So it's entertaining and it's also a little bit of something that uh, has kind of uh, like I said, I mean it's it's pushed me a little bit to grow. Uh, spiritually, so that's that's one thing. Um, audiobooks, I mean, I, I, yeah, I listen to the, I, I don't tend to listen to those when I'm running because uh, I feel like I need to focus a little bit more on on an audiobook if I'm trying to get something out of it. And then, uh, you know, music-wise, I tend to mostly ever listen to uh, Dave Matthews. So if if uh, if I'm out on a run and just kind of starting to check out mentally, I'll just I'll just put uh, you know Dave Matthews on and just be able to cruise and. Kind of helps the miles just uh, float away, which is uh, sometimes what, what you need during a, a long training run in, in Florida in July.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Denny. And where can people find you if they want to follow along?
0: Oh, well, I appreciate it, Monica. And I'm and, uh, pretty, uh, pretty simple to find wherever. It's it's uh, just Disruns. So Disruns.com is the website. Uh, Diz runs on all things social media, uh, and if you if you need an extra podcast to listen to a, a few times a week, uh, Diz runs radio on pretty much whatever podcast app player list of choice. And if you, even if you just search Diz runs, it should pop right up. So, uh, yeah, say say hi, and uh, always always looking to to interact with more folks. And if I can help in any way, just uh, let me know.
1: Thank you so much, Denny, and I will put a link in the show notes to his website, Instagram, and the book, so you can check it out. Now let's get to the homework today we don't have awards we have a little bit of homework to do now this homework is completely optional you will not be graded on it but it will be very helpful to you come test time and by testing i mean any sort of test you get from the doctor because this is for your health a little health work maybe i should call the health work instead of homework next time I would like to encourage you to check the air quality, where you live, and specifically where you run. The holy fire is not just the name of the burning bush in the Bible. It is a wildfire that is very close to me right now. I can see the smoke from my condo. And this morning, I went to go run by Lake Mission Viejo, very close to where I live, and it I mean, it looks so close and it looks so massive and there's no way that it's not impacting the air quality. And I did not put two and two together at first, but I kind of had a slight headache all day today. And finally, it's kind of started last night. And so I'm kind of thinking it might be at least the air might be contributed to this. I always am very big on staying hydrated. And anytime I feel anything off, I'm like, am I dehydrated? Wait a second, which could also be the case because it is very hot right now, right? But I think that no matter where you are, it's important to know the air quality, especially when you are trying to work out outside. And there's also red tide right now that is just really bad in Florida. So completely On the other side of the country, there is this other issue that is impacting air quality. So it's not just Southern California and or really all of California. And it's not just Florida because I was reading about it and it says that the red tide is potentially moving and going to hit another state soon. But I've been in Florida when there has been red tide before and felt like I... It just it starts to sting, like your nose and throat, and you start to have like a weird cough. There are signs out oftentimes that say you shouldn't be hanging out at the beach, and now a lot of marine life is dying. So it's really bad. It's probably the worst they've ever seen, and this fire is probably the closest fire to where I live that I have ever seen. And there are a lot of other things that impact the air. So I will put a link in the show notes to a couple of websites that you can check out to check out the air quality where you are and just, I want you to stay safe and healthy. So yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a question for me, you can send it on over. Email me at runeatrepeat at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail at 562-888-1644. I hope you had a good time and I hope you had a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.